Hey everyone, welcome back to Facially Conscious with myself, Trina Renee, esthetician, Dr. Vicki Rappaport, dermatologist, and our fabulous, overly educated consumer, Julie Falls. We are gathered here together with you to talk about this crazy world of aesthetics. It's confusing out there in this big, wide world. That's why we're here to help explain it to you all, subject by subject. We will be your go-to girls, and from our perspective, without giving medical advice, we will keep things facially conscious. Let's get started. Good morning, ladies. How are you? Welcome back to Facially Conscious. I'm so excited today. We're going to talk about Botox. 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 Well, (laughs) you know, there's a lot of people out there that really don't know what Botox is. And so um, I think this episode is very important for the mass. So um, we're going to refer to Dr. Vicki on this episode for all of our questions. And um, what? I said masses. Oh, the masses. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, my English you. isn't so good. I love you. I'm from a small town in San Diego. <laughs> but you, you know me. a lot about skin care. You That's really, really do. We just need a few little grammar lessons. Okay. And she's turning that. red. She's perfect. She's really perfect. <laughs> All right, Dr. Vicki. So can you please tell us what Botox is? Because I feel like there's um, a lot of confusion around it. People think it's fillers. People think it's all kinds of things. So what is Botox? I think the first thing people should understand about Botox is that it looks like water. So mm. when you think Botox, think water. It's literally a clear fluid. It is not filler. Botox is a highly sterile, purified protein from the bacteria that causes botulinum toxin. It's from a bacteria, but we are not, it's a protein. We are not injecting the bacteria. We are not injecting the toxin. We are injecting a protein that relaxes muscles that was derived from the bacteria that causes botulinum toxin. So think about antibiotics, a lot of antibiotics, a lot of cardiac medications. They're from bacteria and fungi and and they're from things like you would never consider you know, safe and effective, but they're safe and effective. They've been around forever. Same with Botox. Botox was FDA approved in 19, ready? 1989. It's been around that long? Approved for, it was approved for two eye disorders in 1989 for two eye disorders called strabismus and blepharospasm. And then in, um, you know, a couple years after that, there was an ophthalmologist in Canada who was testing it or, or doing studies on uh, strabismus, which is, um, you know, eye, well, strabismus and blepharospasm, eyelid twitching. They were, she was injecting in a patient and she noticed that the crow's feet went away. Mm. And that is when they realized, oh, this could be an actual treatment for wrinkles because what it really does is it just relaxes the muscles and it is safe and effective. And it is one of the tools in dermatology that we love because it's so safe, it's so effective, it's it's almost dummy proof. So it's really for people who want to relax muscles. It is not filler. It is not volumizing the face. It's just relaxing muscles. So it relaxes muscles that 
that if there's a wrinkle that you're seeing there and you put a little Botox in it, it'll just relax the muscle to release the wrinkle so that it just kind of disappears. Right. So when you relax the muscle and the beauty of, of Botox made us all learn the anatomy really, really, really well. Because when we're in medical school, we learn the anatomy. But then you, if you're not a surgeon, you don't really remember the, the anatomy as well as 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 you did when you were a medical student, but when we had to remember which muscles were in which areas to cause which wrinkles, when we strategically inject Botox in the exact muscles that we need to you know, improve your wrinkle, we know what we're doing. We're only injecting in those certain muscles. The skin above those muscles doesn't keep smushing and smushing and smushing all day long, and then the skin lays nice and flat, and it basically works every single time. Um, remember, Botox is also FDA approved for many other diseases was it like ms or no it's, it's approved for it's approved so it's approved for blepharospasm and strabismus which are eye disorders it's a approved for bladder incontinence so people who mm. unfortunately urinate because the bladder is not doing its job what is the bladder the bladder is a muscle mm. you relax the muscle of the bladder and people don't pee on themselves it's a miracle it saves people's lives cervical dystonia which is a crooked neck or a neck spasm, you inject it in the muscles that are making the person's neck crooked. And guess what? They get their life back. Wow. Hyperhidrosis, which is hyper sweating on the palms, soles, wherever, you inject Botox. It works beautifully. It is literally the most sort of fascinating medication out there. And people should not be afraid of Botox. Remember, it looks like water. And, and it also works on TMJ, right? Well, right, because TMJ is caused by three different muscles that are either cramping or being overused or if people clench their, their teeth in the middle of the night without realizing and we inject it into those muscles, it relaxes the muscles, the TMJ goes away. Mm -hmm. Was well, I heard something that it was used for either muscular dystrophy or MS or something. Oh, so cerebral palsy. So That's kids with cerebral palsy who get the... terrible muscle yes. spasms, terrible muscle spasms. So for instance, like in the thighs, these kids with cerebral palsy might get 1,000 units of Botox. The average cosmetic patient gets 64 units of Botox. So it's safe, wow. safe, 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 safe. So even these kids who have cerebral palsy who have other medical issues, they're getting 1,000 units. Yes, it has actually been detected in some of those children in their, in their blood. Um, but hasn't necessarily caused any trouble, it has not ever been detected. If people are doing it for a cosmetic indication, it has never been detected in the blood. So it, it really is so quite safe. Wow. safe. So safe. So does, uh, is it covered by insurance for medical situations like that? It is actually. So if people have a neurological disorder and they're getting injecting, they're getting injections for muscle spasms. Some, it, remember, it's also FDA approved, approved for migraines. I forgot to mention that. Oh, um, that's a big one. There is, it's a big one. Migraines can be, you know, gone f for six months when people get migraine injections with Botox. It can be covered. Unfortunately, the problem is that there are a lot of neurologists that, that, that do it, but they don't bill insurance because insurance, unfortunately, doesn't even reimburse them the cost of the vial. So there, a lot of times it is out of pocket until the pharmaceutical company, you know, really decreases the price. It's probably going to be mostly out of pocket, even when it's for these, these medical indications. Um, and the price can be up there, you know, for, for a wrinkle in between the eyebrows, it can be anywhere from 200 to $400, depending on how much you do. Pan face Botox, it can be. Can you up explain to, what pan face means? Yes, all over your face. So people do Botox all over their face. 
Yes. It's only FDA approved for three different areas. So the glabella, which is in between your eyebrow, the frontalis, which is your forehead, and the orbicularis oculi, which is around your eyes. Those are the only four true facial cosmetic indications, but we injected off-label all the time. And when I say off-label, it's legal for us to inject it off-label. We just have to educate the patient. because Where else would you put it? Oh, I can't wait to tell you all the places that we would put it. <laughs> so are you ready? This is crazy. So the lines around the mouth, so the orbicularis um, oculi is your eyes, orbicularis oris is your mouth. It's an orifice. It's a it's a sphincter muscle. So you can inject it around the mouth for those little smoker's lines. It smooths them out beautifully. You can inject it in the DAO, which is the depressor angularis oris, which brings the corners of the mouth down and makes people look at their frowning. You inject like two, three units on each side. Boom. The front, the sides of the mouth go up. You can inject it on the chin for a dimply chin for the mentalis muscle. It's amazing. And the beauty of Botox is that there, it really is safe. It's safe if you have an adverse event. Adverse event means you don't like it. You're, you're, you're a little asymmetric. We can usually fix the asymmetry because we, you know, sometimes it just gets taken up on one side better than the other. So we can usually do touch-ups and fix it. The worst case scenario that happens with Botox is a ptosis, which is an eyelid droop. Of course, it's horrible if it happens, but it does usually go away within two to three weeks. If it doesn't go away in two to three weeks, it'll go away in two to three mo- in three to four months, which is about how long the Botox lasts. It is very rare to have a ever have a severe adverse event with Botox. Okay. And so um, I know that there's some people who Botox doesn't work on or it only lasts for like a very short period of time. And I know there's a couple other options out there that now act like Botox, other brands, uh, what are those? So they're all from, so botulinum toxin, I believe it's A through G. There's botulinum toxin A, B, C, D, E, and G. All the things that are FDA approved right now for the human consumption or human injection are all botulinum toxin A. So all, there's four of them. There's Botox, Dysport, Xeomin, and Juvo. They're all originally from that mother molecule, which is botulinum toxin A. Remember, it's a purified protein. It's not, you know, a toxin. And then it's just they kind of trademark the way that they filter that mother molecule down to what they can trademark and, you know, you know, make billions of dollars on. So they're all variations. Some of them have more more proteins to bind and and keep them from reacting. Some of them have less proteins to bind and keep them from reacting. Some of them have uh, very subtle differences. They all do about the same thing. But you're right. If somebody is a non-responder, from, say, for Botox, or they've been using Botox for so long that it's just not working as well anymore, you can try Dysport. You can try Juvo. You can try Xeomin. But generally speaking, if most, if, if like an un, if an injector put whatever they wanted to put in your, your face that they thought was appropriate for you, you probably would not know the difference. So um, when we were at our podcast launch some time ago, we had a sponsor there who came out with a new one that's not going to be so new when this episode comes out. Yeah. But what is that one called? That one was Juvo. Juvo. It's great. Oh, Juvo. So okay. I really like all of them, and I use all of them. You know, I think that the the key to the newer products is sometimes they come on the market a little less expensive. I think that's a really good selling point for patients because it really can get up there in price. So Juvo came on the market a little less expensive, so we're able to offer that price point you know, decreased price point for the for the patients. I feel like Juvo works beautifully. 
I love it. The I guess my only problem with all these um, neuromodulators is what we call them is that they only last about three to four months. And when you say they don't last as long, so one of the big things in Allergan who owns Botox is really you know trying to help educate doctors and patients that you really need the dose amount that was FDA approved, which is 64 units if you're going to do those three, you know. 64 F- units per area or no, 64, 64 units in, total. in those three areas? So 64 units. In total. So 20, 20, 24. 20 in between the eyebrows, 20 on the forehead, 24 around the eyes. But what if somebody total. has a really big middle line and they don't need the other places and they don't want around the eyes or the forehead. Can you put 64 units in that one area? No, you wouldn't put 64 in that one area, but you can just do one area. If somebody just wants one area, yes. And you you want to do the dosed amount, which is 20 units. If you underdose, which people do all the time, we call it baby Botox. It's either because they definitely want a little bit of movement or they absolutely cannot, you know, pay the you know the amount for 20 units we will underdose them and and allergan's big thing is the patient will be unhappy it won't last as long it won't be as nice and and firm and tight but people have been, we've been doing it for 20 years people know that they're like i don't care i only want 6 8 10 12 units in there i don't want the 20 that's fda approved and i will come back every 6 weeks because it really doesn't last the full 3 to 4 months if you underdose them it's like telling you hey i'm going to give this birth control to you but you know just take it whenever you feel like taking it it's okay just take it once a week you're not going to do that you know the dose is is dose because that is how it was that that birth control was fda approved to give you the whatever 95% or hopefully 98% efficacy so that you won't get pregnant, Allergan's take and, and these other companies take is that is the dose that we 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 saw in the studies work the best and last the longest. So really you should be getting what is recommended to you if you want it to last the longest. Right. I have, okay. I have a question. When somebody comes in and is not really educated, I'm, I'm comparing all the different manufacturers, all the different names, um, Disport and Juvo and and but they they haven't really done their homework. But they say to you, "I want Botox." Do you just automatically do you, do you offer them? Like I see, it's like twenty to thirty percent less money. Do you offer them? Do you say, "Well, there's this now." Such a great question. Because I know your reps probably th- come in and train and say. <sighs> Can you sell this now, please? I do like to educate them on, especially if they've never had Botox, I'll educate them on what it is and how it works. And then I will sometimes mention the four that exist and the price difference if they want to know. And sometimes it's literally like a dollar less per unit. So they're like, you know, they're saving $20. Sometimes they're saving a lot because we'll have specials and the companies will have specials. They have these special membership points. Um... But yes, if somebody comes in specific asking for a certain product, of course I'll give it to them because I really do like them all. And if for whatever reason it's not appropriate for them, for whatever reason, yes, I'll maybe explain why I think one would be better for them. But they all work very similarly right now. However, I will say there is something coming out, which is um, it doesn't have a trade name yet. And it's ready. It's supposed to last six months. So we'll see. What? We'll see. That's going to hope if it really does last six months and you know, has the same side effect profile and the same efficacy and the same, you know, sort of longevity, all the good points that we love about Botox, Disport, Juvo, and Xeomin, then I think they will be blowing everybody out of the water. I hope that they won't be twice as much. That's Mm. the problem is that the longevity... It'll cost the same amount. 
<laughs> it might cost the same, but it'll last long. I, I'm not sure. We'll see what happens. But tune in again because we'll talk about it when it's on, on the market and people oh, yeah. will hear about it. But it's going to be exciting. And honestly, I really do feel like when I educate people about Botox, I tell them to have a healthy respect for Botox because if you had bladder incontinence, if you had hyperhidrosis, if you had migraines, you would be begging for Botox and you would probably have already had Botox and it would have been a miracle medication for you. Yeah, yeah. the TMJ, people are getting such relief with the clenching. Yes. So I'll tell you one other crazy place I have put it. Um, there's a lot of crazy places that we can put it. Safe, but crazy. So I get this terrible trapezius um, spasm. And I said, you know, it's a trapezius. It's a muscle. Let's do it. So I have my my PAs injected in my right trapezius because it, probably the way I hold myself at work mm. and my posture. Does and it help? It's amazing. It takes away my, my stress headaches, my stress, you know, musculature oh, issues I need to talk to you for about that. months. And yeah. it also is used cosmetically in that area. So women who want like more of like a ballerina, sort of like softer neck, longer neck, we actually can do it in the trapezius muscle. It does oh, take a lot damn. of units, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of an amazing medication. Like I said, it's safe, 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 and it can relax so, basically any muscle. So like if somebody has like always constant pain in a muscle, they could do a little Botox to relax that muscle a little bit. It's not the first line therapy, but it's right. we always think about it as a possible option. Yes. Wow. Okay. So is there anyone who should not ever do Botox? Is there anyone out there like that? Um, there, yes, anybody who has an allergy to Botox. How do you know? That's 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 the sort of silly question, right? You only know until you you've had it. And have there been allergies to Botox? I don't believe there have been many if if you know no real true documentation to, to botox there's no what would you know, happen to someone if they had an allergy to botox anaphylaxis what is anaphylaxis for those who well, don't understand anaphylaxis that? is basically when either your throat is a big deal right when your throat closes so somebody gets you know is, is, is anaphylactic to, to uh, bee stings or you know strawberries it's legitimately scary your throat closes and then typically they do okay but it's scary you pass out you need to open up that throat to get some you know f oxygen to your brain and it, um, all of your years of practice how often have you seen that never oh it's never been documented. but you've heard of it no 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 it's never oh, been documented but they so, say it could happen yeah. And so it's it's just in their literature and their product insert. It's like the only people who really shouldn't get Botox is people who have an allergy to Botox. It, and that's sort of, it's like, that's just what's said with any medication. Right, right, right. So um, does it hurt when you get a Botox injection? Do you have to be numb? Do like, do people have to fear pain? Does it feel like a bee sting? What does it feel like? Tiny needle, tiny little needles. It doesn't hurt much. Some areas don't hurt at all. And some areas feel like a pinch. Uh, if people are really, really concerned, yes, we'll put topical numbing on them. And if you topically numb around the eyes, they're completely numb. It's amazing. You don't feel anything at all. It takes about 10 minutes to numb that area. It's just thin area, thin skin. So it, it, it numbs quickly. And you can try and numb between your eyebrows and your forehead. It's just harder to numb that area. But if you really want to be numbed, you can. You do not need to be numbed. It is a quick injection. The needles are tiny. It doesn't really hurt at all. Is there a downtime? If you get a bruise, there's a downtime. Yeah, so it's how often get... do people bruise? Oh, a lot. Yeah, anytime you put a needle in the skin, you can. There's always a chance of bruising. Um, Is that bad? No, it doesn't affect the, the treatment results at all. It upsets the patient. We try not to bruise people. Um, it happens sometimes, and so we just reassure them. It some doesn't people, affect the outcome. Some it just... people just bruise when they have injections. 
Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I really, I like to reassure people because people get very upset about a bruise um, and then they get embarrassed about a bruise. Um, There's not much you can do otherwise other than wait for that bruise to disappear. If you can, you want to take Arnica, you want to put on Arnica, it's probably just going away on its own. And you're, you know, the placebo effect of the Arnica is helping, but you know, people just have to know going in that it's a, it's it, there's a chance it is absolutely no reflection on the injector. If you want to decrease your chances of bruising, no alcoholic beverages, aspirin, Aleve, Advil, St. John's wort, vitamin E about a week before. Okay. And so um, it, what are the results that someone's going to expect to see and how long before they see a result? Uh, it takes three days for it to start to kick in and it takes a full 14 to 21 days for it to get its full maximum effect. I just had a patient this week, love her to death. She's had it a million times, but she did a new area and four days later, so upset. It's not even what's happening. Uh And so I just had to reassure her it's only four days. It's barely starting to kick in. You've had it before. I understand you've never had it in this area, but remember it just takes a little bit of time. I can't live. I can't wait for fourteen days. I'm like, you know, you're just going to have to. Nobody would go in there and re-inject. So again, it's our. It's a it's new our, area. It's been like that for a very long time. It's yes. okay to take a little time, right? And I think that people just have to trust their injectors and be able to communicate with them. If we're not available for them to reassure them and answer their questions, that's not a person you probably want to go to. So you know, I'm happy to reassure her. I'm happy to be there for her. But that's really all I can do is reassure her. I'm not going to, you know, do anything other than inject her. Uh, other than. <laughs> wait to maybe inject her more in 14 days if she needs it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I feel like a lot of, uh, well, a lot of times I hear people say like, you know, the Botox isn't kicking in. It's not happening. And I always tell people you have to wait like a week at least to be able to see the wrinkles start good. to like soften. Good. But I, a good a good rule of thumb is three to fourteen days. And yeah. the subtle you were asking me about the four different ones. There this there are some subtle differences. I you know I kind of lumps lumped them all and I said they're all the same. There are some subtle differences. Some kick in a little bit faster. So again, when you go to your injector, if you have a wedding or an event, not your own wedding. Hopefully you're not doing it three days before your own wedding. But if you have <laughs> you know a friend's wedding or an event and you're like, oh shoot, I never had I didn't have time. I have my appointment now, but it's in three days there are some that kick in a little bit faster. Right, but so, you could also brew, so be careful. There you go. You're right. <laughs> like get it done a month before an event. We tell people a minimum of two weeks before an event. Please yeah. give it a minimum of two weeks because if you need a touch-up, a month before is even better because if you need a touch-up, which sometimes people do, yeah. um, you have enough time to do all that and for all the bruising to go away if you bruise. But remember, it's water. It's safe. It's effective. It's a it's a miracle medication for seven other indications, and I'm a big. We're all big fans of Botox and dermatology. It saves people's you know lives in terms of certain you know diseases, but also of course it makes them look really good if they want to look good. And so. Um... People uh, need to usually like redo it every three to four months at this point. And then the co- average cost per unit is somewhere around. I've seen it as low as $9 a unit and I've seen it as high in New York as $22 a unit. And then how many units per area? Like 20-ish? Average about 20. So 20 in between glabella, 20 forehead, 24 around the eyes. And so, you know, you do those calculations and it does add up. You know, you're going to your med spa and maybe getting it for $9 a unit. I would really want to watch them pull it out of the vial. How are they charging only $9 a unit? When basically, it basically costs 
oh gosh, not $9 a unit, of course, it co- but it can be up there. The cost is high. We are not getting it for a dollar a unit. We are getting it six, seven, eight dollars a unit is what it costs. They're making a dollar per unit? I don't think so. So they're either under injecting you or they're just getting you in to try and sell you other procedures, which is actually okay. That's fine. If you're getting really good results at $9 a unit, great. But if you're not, there's a reason maybe they're not really injecting as much as they say they're injecting. Mm, interesting. Okay. Um, any other questions, Julie? Do you have? Um, I did we just? It's probably a longer conversation. But do we talk about the difference between Botox and filler? No, let's wait on that. Okay. Because Botox basically helps to relax a muscle, and filler actually fills an area that has loss of fat. Loss of volume. Loss of volume. So they're two different things. One fills an area on your face and the other just numbs wrinkles, kind of uh, evens out the wrinkles. Relaxes the the muscles. The muscles. So that's Botox. So on a future episode coming up soon, we are going to talk about fillers. We're going to talk about non-hyaluronic fillers and hyaluronic fillers, two different types of fillers, which we'll get into soon and we'll have specific episodes just for those. So I think we kind of all know what Botox is now. We, of course, talk about Botox in so many episodes. So now you know what it is in case you didn't know and that it's safe. It used to be a scary thing years ago, and I think people still are a little scared of it, but it's not scary. It's been around so long now. We know where, where, what it does and, um, yeah. I want to say one last thing about Botox is that there is one indication for Botox is for um, lower limb spasticity, and it's FDA approved for two years and up. And so lower limb spasticity usually seen in you know cerebral palsy and other other neurological diseases. So again, it is so safe that if you know your your child has lower limb spasticity after two years old, they can safely get Botox. So it is Mm. FDA approved for the wrinkles 18 and up, 18 to 65 years old. But of course, we give it to 95 year olds. You know, we remember we do a lot of things off label, which is legal. It's just quote unquote off label. But it is so safe that a two year old can get it. Wow. That's good to know. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we do have a, a fan question today. And, um, it comes from Viv. And she was asking us, how do we deal with ingrown hairs? Like how to deal with those? What do you do besides pick them to death? <laughs> Dr. Vicki, recommendations? Do you want to ask me like maybe where an ingrown hair would be? So bikini? I would say probably on a female. She's talking about her bikini line. Okay. Probably yes. wa- after waxing. Oh, a lot of times people get ingrown hairs. I mean, yeah. men get them on their face from their whiskers, but I'm sure her name's Viv. Okay. So, so Viv, maybe. of course, like what I always tell people in the rooms, I try to educate them on what it is, what is going on. The hair is not able to happily grow right straight through the hair follicle. It pierces the side of the tunnel. And then that piercing, even though it's your normal hair, your body sees it as like a foreign body reaction. So your body reacts to it. It gets inflamed. Bacteria, which is very dramatic and brisk down there, right? That area is full of bacteria. It's a quote unquote dirty area. Lots of normal bacteria live down there. So when your hair pokes the side of the skin, a reaction happens. The bacteria come to the area. It creates basically almost like an 
an acneiform problem, you want to clear the path. Think about it, clearing the path of the tunnel so that the hair can happily grow through. So salicylic acid products, and then benzoyl peroxide washes to clear the clean the bacteria up. If it's really obvious, try and get it out, but don't incessantly pick it. If it's really problematic, they usually need oral antibiotics. Okay. So salicylic, they can find salicylic products over the counter at the pharmacy. Um, or if you have a doctor or esthetician nearby, you could probably go into their office and buy a salicylic product with salicylic acid yeah, in it. a salicylic and then, pad or a salicylic yeah. leave-on, something that, that, not a wash, like you l- let the salicylic acid really sit there and help unplug that, that hair. Okay, and then benzoyl peroxide cleanser that'll help get rid of the bacteria, kills the bacteria. Got it, all right. Hope that was helpful, Viv, and everyone else there out there who gets ingrown hairs. I imagine men can do the same thing on their face with that? Yes, absolutely. Pretty much? Yes. Okay, all right. Okay, well, thank you for uh, joining us on this Botox episode. We're going to do takeaways now, and then we'll see you on our next episode. Dr. Vicki, takeaway? My takeaway would be to have a healthy respect for Botox as a true medical treatment, a true medication. If you had migraines or axillary or hyper, uh, palmar hyperhidrosis or cervical dystonia or bladder incontinence or lower limb spasticity or blepharospasm or strabismus, you would already have been treated with Botox and you would have spoken you know, positively about it. You should not be afraid. If you're interested in Botox for a wrinkle, you absolutely should not be afraid of it. My takeaway on Botox is that you should go to somebody that is uh, respected in your area that somebody's referred you to. I think there are a lot of doctors who do Botox, including, um, you know, dentists and um, all kinds of doctors that are doing it. And like Dr. Vicky was saying, you need to know the muscles that are causing that wrinkle. And so you can't just like stick some needles in the head and numb an area. That's when you might get the eyelid droop. So I would just be careful and go to somebody who's doing proper injections and who know what they're doing. My takeaway is um, from an A1 top rated dermatologist in Beverly Hills, we've learned that Botox is extremely safe. So if you're interested, do your research and go for it. This podcast is so needed in the world right now. There's so much information out there that it's hard to know who to believe and if it's right for you. We are very excited to be your guides and bring you Facially Conscious. If you have something to tell us, share with us, or want to know, please email us at info at faciallyconscious.com.